remember how this came to be, by the way. <sighs> so, what was it last week? On the final oh, vinyl, I, right. I ran to the record room and I pulled out a couple records. One was Greg Almond's I'm No Angel. And I came back and I was going to play it. I queued it up, I was ready to play it. And at the last second, I just switched it. I didn't say anything, I just switched it to the doors. And I played um, Love Me Two Times from Strange Days. You played the doors? Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, as the song was playing, Laura, John Densmore of the doors had his guy reach out to us. While the song was playing, and I'm not—you know me—I'm not even a big Adores guy. That's why I'm shocked that you even. Well, no, I mean I appreciate them. I'm, I'm not going to sit and listen to you know entire albums, but what are the chances that that email is going to come in when I'm playing a Doors song when we do a talk show? It's crazy. Maybe if it was you like, play Greg Allman, Greg Allman. I don't think that that's going to happen for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but John Densmore. Um, as a new book out called The Seekers Meetings with Remarkable Musicians and he's going to join us in about a minute and a half and we only have him for a short period of time because guys like him don't want to sit down and do hour long interviews they just want to knock out a few yeah but he talks about all of the musicians and people that he he worked with see that's I'm always intrigued by that you know when you see two artists that you love you know or two well respected artists get together I want to be a fly on the wall like, what kind of discussions did Paul McCartney and Dave Grohl have, you know, when when Paul went to Dave's house? I'm guessing it went along a lot like uh, when Will, uh, not Will Ferrell, but when um, Chris Farley said to him, remember that time no, I, you know, the Beatles? But I think that there's that one thing, I think there's part of that, but I think there's that one commonality that they have. They both do the same thing, you know, and as sooner or later... You know, the wall's got to come down, and you could speak to someone, you know, the, uh, one-to-one like a human being. I think that's how they do it. But he, he's talking about, you know, people like Van Morrison and, uh, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis and all these people, Jimi Hendrix, that he got to uh, I wonder of, if he thinks Van Morrison's a grump. Yeah, he might, and maybe, <laughs> but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he sees a side of him that we, we don't, don't, you know? It's, it's, see, I don't know him as a grump because I've never been in that situation, but where everybody's telling me, Laura, you're going to be disappointed... That bums me out. Yeah. He, uh, Van Morrison, famous, he's done shows where he doesn't even face the audience. He just sits there and plays to the band. He doesn't care if you like it or not. Um, and that's a, a, I guess you call it a true artist, but I know if I'm paying top he, dollar to see him. That must not be too often as far mm-hmm. as doing funky things like that. Yeah, but he, he's, mean, not, he's not, he's not, he's uh, not, Van Morrison's never been a guy uh, that I've read, so I don't have no experience mm-hmm. with him, so that is, has any interest at all in regurgitating the hits. Right. You know? But I saw him. Uh, and he was great. And yeah, he did the necessary hits. I will tell you that uh, I've never put on a Van Halen, a Van Morrison album, and didn't like it. So it, could, good. It, it could be very different. But there's one guy put the album on. I know I'm going to like it. Even the swing stuff and all that. I just I'm a fan. But uh, so John Densmore uh, of the Doors already wrote a book. Uh, uh, Have we had about him on the before? Doors. Yeah, I, I we've had Ray we Manzarek. We I know have, we've had Ray on. Oh, okay. We've had Ray Manzarek on. But. Um, yeah, he did write a he wrote a book and in and I guess in the liner notes or whatever Oliver Stone called John Densmore uh, a seeker and that's kind of where the uh, where the title came from. I love that. What's that Crossroads there? That's it was the VH1 series where they put two totally yeah. different artists together. That became the saving grace for a show like the Grammys is watching collaborations. The Justin Timberlake with Chris Stapleton, one of the all-time great performances on the Grammys. Elton John with Eminem, you know, stuff like that. I love that stuff. Okay, hold on. Here he is. Good morning, John. 
Hi, Greg. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you. What a real pleasure uh, to have you on the show. I'm here. We've got Roadkill Kelly and Laura. We're out here in New England and really an honor to get a yeah, chance to talk um, to you. How are you? Roadkill Kelly. <laughs> no, <laughs> two different people. Roadkill and Kelly and Laura. Yeah, there you go. Notice I asked how he was doing I, and yeah. all he cared about was Roadkill's name. <laughs> um, so how are you? Uh, I'm good, thanks. I want to get right to it because we I know we have a limited amount of time. I'm glad you wrote this book because I'm always fascinated by uh, artists when they talk to other artists or musicians and they collaborate with other musicians. The book that uh, John wrote, of course, The Seekers, Meetings with, Remar- meetings with Remarkable Musicians. And what made you want to uh, write this one first? I'll ask that first. Well, um I wanted to give a tip of the hat to all these artists that kind of fed me growing up mm-hmm. and still feed me, you know, and uh, nothing like inspiration to make you do your own art. And it doesn't have to come from the same kind of music that you do. Like I was reading, you know, one of the people that you mentioned in the book is Jerry Lee Lewis. Now, a fan of The Doors is going to go, what could John get from, from Jerry Lee Lewis? But let's just take that name, for example. What kind of inspiration did you draw from, from him? Passion. He has so much passion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a classical conductor and, and Willie Nelson, a country guy, which is not a, a rock genre thing. But right. I, I take from all that um, different elements that feed me, and it, and it helps me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Roadkill. Uh, John, uh, it's Roadkill here. I'm a fellow drummer, and uh, you played some beautiful three-piece kits over the years. Do you ever look back and see a photo and go, man, whatever happened to that kit? Yeah, uh, I, I did Questlove's podcast, the drummer on uh, with the Roots on Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. and he he wanted my floor tom on for Hello, I, Lo- I Love You, but right. I said it's long, long gone. Yeah. It's funny how people assign such importance to it. And you're just you're a like, player, oh, you're it's like, gone. Yeah, I'll get another one. This is gone. <laughs> Kelly Brown, question for John Densmore from The Doors. a big fan growing up listening to AM radio with my, my dad listening to The Doors. But, uh, John, beside, I've heard you were influenced by jazz, but who were your, your rock and roll influences in the, in the 60s growing up? Well, uh, certainly Ginger Baker. And when we were recording uh, Hello, I Love You, Robbie Krieger, our guitar player, said, whoa. Why don't you turn the beat around like Ginger does in Sunshine of Your Love? And I did that in Hello, I Love You. I stuck in a couple Ginger Baker bars. Did you, uh, I've always wondered, is there anybody, a musician, because I know you've talked about Jimi Hendrix, people like that. Is there anybody, John, that maybe got you out of, you know, a a perceived slump that you felt you were having? Somebody who just like opened, like gave you the keys to the garage and let you out. Was there anybody that had that kind of impact on you as a fellow musician? Well, uh, I saw Elvin Jones, John Coltrane's drummer, and that just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I figured out how the way he accompanied Coltrane, I could kind of learn from and accompany Jim, with the, have a conversation besides keeping the beat. Mm-hmm. And as far as unexpected... Like, you, you know, inspiration comes from everywhere when you're, when you're an artist. I, I believe that. That's what I've heard. I believe that as, as well. But, I mean, was there any uh, memory that you have where the most unexpected inspiration came from a place you never would have thought? Is there anything like that for you? Yeah. I have a chapter on Gustavo Dudamel, who's a classical conductor here mm-hmm. in L.A., incredible. Mm-hmm. And I never thought that my drumming would be inspired by classical music, but... The main through line of classical music is dynamics. Yeah. They play.
play really strong and really soft. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, I'm going to incorporate that that in my drumming because it's sort of um, the human condition has all the emotions, you know, real soft and real strong and everything in between. Mm -hmm. The book is called The Seekers, Meetings with Remarkable Musicians and Other Artists. John Densmore of The Doors on with us, Roadkill. Uh, John, why did The Doors not have a bass player? Well, um, uh, we were auditioning bass players, and then Ray and I found this keyboard bass, and he said, I'll, I'll play that with my left hand, and the rest is history. There <laughs> you go. It, it, it gave us room to, to have more space in our sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go ahead, well, Kelly. Yeah, the book looks at the creative process, but right on that note, I mean, was that a, an instantaneous decision from the rest of the band after hearing Ray play with his left hand, or was it a slow burn and you figured you'd go that way? No, it was instant, because when we were auditioning bass players, we thought, well, uh, we sound like uh, a white blues band, like the Rolling Stones, and... This thing makes us different, so we stuck with it. When you recorded, and I guess I, I guess I don't know if anybody thinks this when they when they make records for a living, but did you ever did it ever enter your mind that the music that you were making would live forever and still be listened to and loved and and purchased, you know, decades into the next century? I hoped it would pay the rent for ten years. <laughs> my. My hair is gray, and I'm still talking about this band. I know. Was there ever a time where you were kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it anymore? I mean, I know you and Ray had your ups and downs throughout the history uh, of, of your relationship, but was there ever a time when you felt like you wanted to distance yourself from the Doors? Well, yeah, a little, t- a little bit here and there, but uh, I'm very proud of this band. I'm just amazed at how everybody seems to... We have to help each generation cut the umbilical cord. Right, right. And I'll ask this last question, because we were talking about him, uh, this guy, before you came on the air. Uh, you, you also write about Van Morrison, and there's a guy who's got an eclectic personality. It's perceived by the public. What was he like as an inspiration for you? How did Van Morrison inspire you, John? He's an incredible lyricist, kind of a tortured guy. Um, and so... Uh, I was sort of angry at him, which you will read about in the chapter. Mm-hmm. But then by the end, I, I heard uh, Into the Mystic, and I just thought, oh, my God, the guy's a genius. Yeah, that's, that song's uh, untouchable, as are so many uh, door songs as well. I know you've got a limited time, uh, and I really appreciate getting to spend the time with you today. The Seekers is the name of the book, Meetings with Remarkable Musicians. John, thank you so much for coming on with us, and thanks for the music through the years. Thank you very much. Hey, nice talking to you guys. Okay, take care. Well, there you go. We should talk to John Densmore. <laughs> I know Roadkill's excited, but as a kid, I remember being just really baffled by Jim Morrison. Liked him a lot, but I'm like, he was weird to me. I think that he... Uh, but mysterious. Jim, I read Absolutely. No One Here Gets Out Alive in high school, It was or just after high school, and it was so good. I think that, uh, for me, uh, I think poetry... I think folk writers in the, of the 60s uh, brought poetry, like, you know, Buffalo Springfield, people like that, uh, Dylan, obviously, but rock. I, th- I feel like poetry, my first experience to poetry and rock was Morrison. And even though I'm not the biggest Doors guy, they were one of the uh, the original 12 for me. And you get, uh, the get you, you're like John Densmore said, I think you mentioned it, like, it took him a while to get over being upset at Jim Morrison. Because, you know, in the end, he, he wasted a lot of what could have been. Right. You know? What were you going to say, Laura? 
I thought you. I, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, okay. Oh, no. To me, Jim Morrison was like the best front man. Mm-hmm. Like very, very cool dude. Yeah. Well, he was rock and roll. Yep. He was. He was total yeah. uh, rock and roll. And there was mystery. You know, there was. Uh, just wish it wasn't so sloppy at the end. And yeah, just you know. But uh, you're right. All that stuff. But just. Well, you know, like I, when he said that Van Morrison is a tortured soul. Uh, or a tortured guy. I I felt I felt bad, and then you know I listened to his music, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, how? How can a guy that has so that is so creative and so much great work be tortured? But it it happens, man. That's that. A lot of times, from pain comes the best written art. You know, it comes from pain. So um, a lot of Rokas poems. I think that's a case in point wow. right there. It's exactly what you said. <laughs> wow. You know, yours. You know, you you award you, you guys are awards. being compared to Morrison. Wow. You know, <laughs> and, and to me, and to me, what was very exciting is my brother, huge fan of, oh, the of that style of music, uh, the Doors. So oh. the fact we've that had Manzarek on, we've had Manzarek on. I was like, hey, look who I'm talking to. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, there. Are yeah, s- my dad loved the Doors. It was like every Friday night because mom worked Friday nights, and dad had to watch us kids, and it was just the Doors blaring from the basement. Yeah, Laura yeah. was taking orders, working the grill. Yeah, yep, making fried bologna sandwiches mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. asking if they wanted Bud yep. or if they wanted a shot at Canadian Club. Those are the good old days, oh. huh? What were you, seven? How it old? was such a good server. Yeah, there it is. Were you seven? How old were you? I don't even know. I Yeah, I was probably seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, I want a shot loved of Jim Beam? serving. <laughs> she had no, the, Jim, it, it looked were, like cocktails. She had bottles flying in the air. She did. And, uh, yeah. yeah, she did. Yeah. She was flipping around, you know what I mean? Like Coglin behind the, the bar with Tom Cruise. little menus. Yeah. She had to uh, throw a couple people out. Listen, uh, Bobby, you had nothing. You're out. You're out. You're, you're done. Out. I done. warned you. Warned you last week. Done. Yeah. Done. You trashed the place on the way out. You yeah. ain't coming back. I'm telling you something right now. All right. News to catch.